Two title contenders, a promoted side who is soaring new heights, and a beehive headline, a mammoth double game week. Speaking of mammoth, it should be another one of a kind on this week's FPL Addicts podcast. Good evening to you all. Welcome to the Game Week 25 edition of the FPL Addicts podcast of the 2023-24 season. And it's a bumper one indeed. There are so many talking points to deep dive in. Without further ado, I'm also tonight joined by the very own Sidenet and Peterson. Peterson, good evening to you. How excited are you for this Game Week? Mike. <laughs> nah, sorry about that. Yeah, I didn't realize. Yeah, <laughs> Did you mute me? <laughs> I probably forgot to unmute you. Yeah, on that one. Hey, massive double double game coming up. Huge, huge double game. As I was saying, because you uh, muted me. Uh, pleasure to be joining you, Chazza, on this <laughs> on, on this this Friday night. I, I was joking that we're probably two of the only people in Melbourne not going to Taylor Swift tonight. So, but I would not rather spend a uh, another night with anyone else in the world other than you. Jeez, that's a bit stiff on Taylor Swift, don't you think? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, and you've got the Cole Palmer shirt on the screen now. We'll certainly be talking about him with those two late assists. It was an important win for Chelsea, wasn't it? Very important win. Um, wins are few and far between for Chelsea this season. And, yeah, they left it late. They weren't that impressive. But um, as Bob Marley was singing the other night, don't worry about a thing. Everything's going to be all right. That's certainly right. And I just want to say good evening. And, yes, it's certainly not a great start. We missed Pete dropping a few bombs in there. <sighs> I know, I love that one. Juan, <laughs> good evening to you as well. We have got a lot to deep dive in. But before we go on to what our headline point is in being double game week 25 involving four sides having two games, it being Brentford, Luton, the reigning title champions in Manchester City and Liverpool. Let's reflect and see what we took out of game week 24. Peter, with your game week 24 outing, your 24th opportunity for your fantasy football side this season, how did you do? Yeah, not too bad. I finished up with uh, 82 points. Uh, but on top of that, I, I did have a four-point hit because my co-host, Andrew, um, sent me into a bit of a, a frantic twizzy um, about a minute before the deadline that he was messaging me that he'd seen news that Dubravka was out for Pope and I was actually out on Saturday night. Um, couldn't really investigate the claims and because my backup keeper is Matt Turner, I decided to take a, a four-point hit with about 30 seconds to go before the deadline to get Kaminsky in. Um, turns out Dubravka was fine. Pope's nowhere near coming back. And, yeah, I've had no luck with goalkeepers this season. So I thought, what's... What's worse than just getting one point from my goalkeeper every week? I know, I'll take a minus four hit. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is quite sad to say the least. But surely that 
there wouldn't be too many sour ones as we look into your side. Who else was in your team? Yep, so I also had uh, Gabriel for that double-digit haul. He's just been on fire the last few weeks, so just a great asset to hold. Pedro Porro with the two points. I got in Alfie Doughty, so he seems to be flavour of the month. He's got, you know, he needs a, needs to grow a mullet like yours, I, I reckon. I reckon it would suit him to a T. Um, he was one of my, my two free transfers in. Um, and then I also had um, our boy Cole Palmer over my shoulder there with the, the late Double assist, Phil Foden with three, Sack with 15, De Bruyne um, with four points. He picked up an assist. And, yeah, Watkins two points. Darwin got a goal, which was nice. And like a lot of people in the game, I captained the Nordic meat shield himself for 26 juicy points. But I did bench 10 points from Pascal Gross. Yeah, it's a Pascal Gross is quite an interesting one. But when you look at the side, did you have any consideration of fielding gross? Because that's a very hard seven to try and overcome, even to take at least one of them relegated to the bench. Yeah, yeah. I did talk about this on our show the other night with the benching headaches leading into game week 24. And I think it was probably between Watkins and gross, but Watkins was coming off, you know, four attacking returns in game week 23. So he was the man in form. So I think he deserved deserved to start. So, yeah, it, it is what it is. Everyone has benching headaches this time of the season. Has that been the biggest benching headache you've had so far this season, or has there been a lot worse? No, that's the last few weeks it's been a bit tricky just because I, I seem to have, be really flush in the, the top half of the field. So I've been having to leave out one one person every week. Yeah, a few weeks ago I left off Sanky and he scored as well, so that sort of punished me a little bit. But, yeah, I think we all seem to be a bit flush with cash with, you know, when we're not all holding triple like massive premium players in our sides like we probably did earlier on in the season. So it's easy to have more depth in our squads, which just makes that benching headache a little bit harder. Yeah, and I also feel the revolution of having the third striker slot now is incredibly important as opposed to a couple of seasons ago when Emmanuel Dennis stole the triple captain streets. Yeah, we yeah. um yeah, we all remember that. We're, we're all there for that. We got the t-shirts to to prove it, but yeah, it's I mean, I've been rocking 343 three most of this season and it seems it's now not a we bad just place. Yeah, it's 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 not a bad place to be and it it seems to be that's how the game shifted the last few game weeks and there's just so many options at the moment and it almost feels like three's not enough. Has that been your what's been your best finish from the season? Uh, a few seasons ago, I finished 9K, and then the That's last couple, yeah, last season was 18K. The season before that, I think, was 25 or 26. That so. is remarkably consistent. Hey, guys, if you ever want some side net tips, is your one-stop shop right there. <laughs> we go to go swiftly, no Taylor Swift pun intended, to our <laughs> podcast league. So this is how Game Week 24 was. It's... It was an interesting one. It feels like Christmas Eve to a massive Christmas day when it comes to fantasy football in this landscape because all the sides that were doubling this coming weekend had favourable fixtures in 24. We go over Ollie's team and, yeah, yikes with the Gabrielle 12 points. What's your brief take on this one? Yeah, there's a few flags there. A little bit worried about, um, you know, Robinson in defence there, long lay with the duck egg. But, yeah, it's unfortunately it was a, a very tough week there. 
for for Ollie's side, but yeah, I mean he's he's got the he's got the triple city at least for for the next he game does. week and and yeah, Ivan Tony that option. It's yeah. just the timing of it. Mm, yeah, and on another week, probably most of that side does really good because he's a bit stiff. Alexander Arnold coming off with an injury when it looked like he might tear that game apart against Burnley. So yeah, a, a little bit unlucky. Yeah, it, by the looks of it, I think he's planning to go with game week 29, which we will get onto later with free transfers instead of the free hit. And that's going to be a very interesting discussion in the coming weeks. We go to Rev's side, who ended on 60 points, got the Cole Palmer points, which were important, like very late on. Diego Gotta, he had Harlan captain and Trippier assist. It's not too bad, but ooh. Geez, that Ariola zero pointer. That's a juicy dino, isn't it, Pete? Yeah, it's unfortunate, but you know, I can't criticize anyone for goalkeeping howlers this season because I've only had one clean sheet the entire season. So I'm in no position <laughs> to criticize. In fairness, he was actually subbed on, and I, I do remember straight away as I saw this because Becker was out with an illness, a very mysterious illness to save a list on Liverpool last minute before the previous deadline. 62 for Jack. It seems to be 60's only season on this pod and the members it has. Standout pick from this side, Pete. Which which differential do you like here? I do like Pedro Neto. Um, just oh, yeah. from watching Wolves this season have been actually really fun to watch. And yeah, and Neto, since he's returned, he just, I don't know, he looks like one of those players that I think we're going to see next season. No disrespect to Wolves fans, but I think we'll probably see him playing at a like a big big club very soon because he's just got he, he reminds me a bit of like Kevin De Bruyne when he plays he's just he's got the vision he's got the technique you know maybe surround him with better players and he might just flourish even further what was a good get is Senezay yeah with a goal despite losing <laughs> three one he was Sort of a pick when Bournemouth was somewhat popular and Solanke rose into form, especially after their win at Old Trafford in December. Yeah. A couple of managers found a way, and I don't think they were on the most amazing run thereafter, but it was a strong hole nonetheless. Eight points. It's pretty strong. And Stupinian, I think there's big question marks on Stupinian, who was looking as a New Year favourite, and he's just, yeah, he's going down. Yeah, Reedy. Now I want to get to Reedy's rightly so. Ninety-two points, a fabulous game week, and I will say, good morning to you as well. He's come at the right time. Yeah, yeah right he's time. timed that well. <laughs> he has ninety-two. It's quite outstanding. I really like a Darwin shout. Now the quest to hundred. Gross on the bench for ten. Alvarez, do you reckon there would have been a chance that he may have fielded gross over Alvarez or you'd probably Ooh. back Alvarez in that certain situation still? Yeah, I think I'd, I would have backed in the, the you know, the triple city there, especially because they were up against Everton at home. It just, yeah, it seemed more of a favourable fixture. So, yeah, I mean, I can't talk. I, I benched Pascal Gross as well. So on, I think he made the right decision there. It just unfortunately didn't work out the way. Reedy anticipated, but yeah, 92. That's that's a bonkers score this game week. Well done, mate. Awesome score, yeah. 161k game week rank. And it's quite obvious, Pete, and we saw it, especially through our checking our live scores with the FPL Live Rank website. Arsenal assets with the biggest game changer this game week, 100%. And he nailed that to a T. Yeah, and it, 
it's one of those game weeks where there would have been Saliba owners out there when you got that goal early going, yes, like we've the Saliba owners got one over Gabriel owners for once because it seems Gabriel's just been wiping the floor with Saliba owners the last few game weeks. But then Gabriel ended up matching him. So um, you know, on that perspective, if you're just a Saliba owner, you would have been hoping that was it. But favorably for Gabriel owners like myself, he, he managed to match what Saliba did as well. Good. Elliot Saidu also sits in sits second at the moment with 56. And he was one that fielded Pascal Gross. And by the looks of it, benched Kevin De Bruyne at home to Everton, which actually was not a bad call by the end of it. Yeah, maybe um, maybe he saw that there was leaks just before the deadline that KDB was benched. So maybe he acted on that. But, yeah, playing Pascal Gross was, was the good move. I mean, he did... It was the points came from a penalty, and he wasn't that involved in the game. But still, you know, FPL is all about outcomes, isn't it? And you don't care how it comes; you just care about the result. <laughs> I've got a question for you before I go briefly onto my side. He's got no Harlan with one point eight million in the bank. I'm not sure how many free transfers he does have, but how would you get him in? Quickly looking at that, you'd swap Alvarez to Haaland. Um, you've got money tied up in Alexander Arnold there as well. So you could he would have to go. Drop him to someone else. And I don't know if that'll be enough funds I don't to think get so. you. They might have to take a hit for yeah, might might be yeah, it could be a hit there. So maybe just look quickly looking at the side, maybe it's it's also probably dropping down Pedro Porro. I mean, he doesn't He's have a fixture in January. Yeah. 26 anyway there's rumors he that he hasn't been featured in training yesterday um hopefully we get some more clarification from big Ange about pedro Porro. so yeah that's if he had to it might be a minus four or a minus eight um to get to get harland in but yeah it's a it's a must-have this game week <laughs> it is i'm very interested to see what his moves are heading into 25 now my side very briefly and the big standout it's not actually Harlan Captain or anything else. It's that juicy donut in between the big sticks. Zero points, conceding <laughs> six. And I think briefly we really have to talk about Arsenal's performance. Uh, not so much how I bench Gabriel, but with this is tough because all of the seven attackers had really good fixtures, including Watkins. You probably wouldn't have benched Ollie Watkins coming off 18 points away at Sheffield United. Solanke had a really good fixture away at Fulham. Uh, Foden got a clean sheet point against Everton. De Bruyne off the bench with an assist. Diogo, Yotta and Palmer both delivered. That is hard. And then plus had Garnacho in front of him, who's a way at Aston Villa. You'd favor the attacking player. So, yeah, it's big yikes. Oh, Alfie Dowdy was such a letdown, wasn't he? Yeah, it was disappointing. I think it, he registered like eight or nine big chances created in that game mm. and just nothing was converted. It was like one of the best performances this season. They just unfortunately did not put the ball in the net from his crosses. And we want to go back to plays because he's come as a surprise packet from a promoted side. But from your case, and it could also be a player that you've owned in certain times, who's been the player that has surprised you the most? Or has been the greatest differential in your team? Biggest differential in my team at... At one point this season, I'd started the season with Diogo Jota. Um, Liverpool in preseason were really interesting to watch, and Jota seemed to be the one that stood out. Um, many managers flocked to, to Salah and Nunez, but I started with Jota, and I think it was game week two. He had a, 
a really good performance against Bournemouth. I think he got a goal and assist, Max Bones, and, yeah, he was like 3% owned. So that was probably my best differential success of the season. The rest of it, it's been a bit tricky this season because, like, Palmer started as a massive differential when he first broke into the side, and now he's almost at 100% EO. It's it's crazy. Players don't stay differential for too long these days. Mm. On to the public league very quickly, and this has always been quite tight, to be fair. Stephen Smalley has now lost his spot after what was, oh, geez, a very sour game of 24 with 38 points. And now we've got a new leader in Obi Wan Kenobi Neal, creative name, say the least. Geordie Wilson, who has been, based on his track record, a very consistent manager from Australia. He got 80 points. A really good side of especially like the Darwin Nunes here. Again, Kevin De Bruyne benched. Big standout here for me, Pete, or was it just all really solid picks? Yeah, that, that's a really solid side. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah Richarlison probably a little bit unlucky. He didn't get, get a return there, but, yeah, definitely benching headaches. <laughs> yeah. But player in terms of, disappointment as well. Have you owned one in particular in recent times? Because we know doubt it was a disappointment, but throughout the season, has there been a certain player that has disappointed the most? Yeah, this, this one doesn't take much thought. Darwin Nunez. So I, I wildcarded game yeah, week eight. He, he owns him too, which is quite intriguing. Yeah, and I've owned Darwin Nunez since game week eight. I haven't been able to shake him. Um, there was other injuries in my side during the season, I couldn't move him on. And then I'm thinking the fixtures are great, so I'm going to keep Darwin and watching him just miss open chances and hit the post. There was that Chelsea – was it the Chelsea game? He hit the post like four times, missed a penalty. Um, yeah, he's been probably the most frustrating player. Aaron is just – he seems to be one of those players that it's almost better you don't watch him play. You just check the results afterwards because watching him play could like really bring the stress on. <laughs> Nunez just seems to be a very interesting pick heading into double game with 25. But what we've learned, and we've seen through his style of play, despite missing so much, his confidence has enhanced big time. And I feel he's been a little more clinical of his chances despite the troubles compared to last season. Would that be a fair statement? Yeah, look, probably statistically, he, he is probably much better than what he was last season. And he's getting more opportunities, that's for sure. But he seems to be very important in the way that Liverpool play. Like, even though he's yeah, not he affecting the scoreboard, it's what he does that allows the other players, like, you know, he might take on two defenders and that leaves a bit of space out wide for Diogo Jota or, um, you know, Luis Diaz to exp to exploit. So, yeah, he does a lot of work that just goes unnoticed, but you want from those, you know, to make him a really good FPL asset, you want him, you know, scoring weekly, but... Yeah, I mean, he got a consolation goal. Um, take that because we'll take the six points. <laughs> but, yeah, so frustrating. Women's league now, and the gap has tightened recently. Joe Joe scoring 86 points. Now the gap's only 12 points. Hell's Angels has been sitting on top for a while. Melissa Laws was second, now dropped into third. I just want to go JoJo's side, 86 points. Really good, and it seems to be... Picks, oh, geez, this is interesting. 16 points off the bench. Oh, can I ask you, is there any merit behind benching Ruben Diaz at home to Everton over any of those defenders in which Pyro was at home, Alexander-Arnold was at home, 
got Gabriel, which is a good get. Yeah, that's it's a little. little I I will cut some slack there because yeah, Gabriel had the the fixture against West Ham, got the goal and the clean sheet. Trent was was on for a monster haul, I reckon, but he came off injured. So there was probably a choice between Ruben Diaz and, and Pedro Porro. And I mean, City don't necessarily keep clean sheets. So, and Ruben Diaz doesn't offer any attacking threat at all. So I think if there's a toss of a coin, I, I can understand, I can understand it. Be very interesting mini leagues to say the least in the coming weeks. And we've got a fair few comments we do need to catch up on. Now I really like us and TN and thank you team for joining in. Love across collab between <laughs> some Aussie content creators. It is good. I enjoy the chemistry. I think it helps a lot when we both talk about fantasy football a lot, but it's not just us as well. There's a massive Australian a group chat for Australian fantasy managers too, which really helps there. Gary Good morning to you, 99 points. 99. Fabulous. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, a bit. Who was in your team? I presume Arsenal assets would have played a key role too. Yes, in D. Karan. Bench KDB last minute for Solanke, four points either way. Yeah, that's actually not bad. Look, hey, you didn't win. You didn't lose. So you just neutralised the battle there. And it was a draw. Quentin, good evening to you as well. Come, one of our favourites to to join week on week. Good morning. And, yes, hello there, Gary. Karan, you got to go shopping come tomorrow. I'm going to go to Ikea to buy the <laughs> biggest possible sofa. Not owning Harlem this double game week, and you might need a couple of them because it seems, especially brewing within the community, especially on Twitter, now known as Exit, there's a lot of chips going to be played, I think. Have you hint maybe a chip activated on your side, Pete, or still not sure? No, no, chips activated. So I activated That's the right, triple yeah. captaincy the, the okay. other night. So we're, we're ready to go. Yes. Read it. You're very welcome. It was due, but considering most weeks, you're about pretty much average. Ray Han, I like this question. And good evening or good morning to you. Big fan. Which two to buy from between Ake, Bradley, Randyke, and Reggie? Pete. Two. Well, I'd go with Nathan Ake first up. Yeah, so fine. we know he's got the double, and it's probably the, the best double on paper out of all those teams. And he has a fixture in game week 26 as well. Now, we've been told by Pep that Vardiol is going to be out for about two to three weeks. Yeah. So we've seen Ake constantly play out left fullback when Vardiol isn't there. And, and Ake, he has that sneaky goal threat too. Like uh, quite so often this season. He, last week. Yeah, he's really good at set pieces. He's he's deceivingly tall. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely lean towards Ake. Plus, he's not going to break your bank too, which is, which is handy. Um, out of the others, I, look, I'd lean more towards VVD. He's probably, yeah. out of all those, out of, between him and Bradley and any other Liverpool defender, VVD is probably closest nailed for, um, you know, 180 minutes at least. Um, so I would lean towards him. Plus, yeah, a bit like Nathan Ake, he's also Dutch and he's pretty good at set pieces, can pick up the odd odd attack and return. You know he's gonna he's gonna play every minute too. Yeah, that's right. I agree with your top two. If I had to rank the other two, I'll go Reggie on third because he's at a price point where you're able to bench him, but you can also field him and Brentford play in both 26 and 29. And Bradley, look, it's worth a pump, but I actually don't think he starts both games. 
I think Liverpool are going to rotate their squad in the lead up to the cup final. They will probably prioritise Connor Bradley for that cup final. Yeah, I, I agree with you there too, Chaz. So, yeah, no, TAA has been ruled out for the cup final. So you have to have to work almost backwards from there. The cup final is obviously the biggest fixture. Then the the, the second of their double game is against uh, Luton, I believe. Uh, I may be wrong. No, no yes, correct. it is against Luton. So that, that's only a few days before the cup final. So if there's going to be rotation for any Liverpool asset, I have a feeling it may be that fixture. Mm. That's correct. Speaking of fixtures, you just delivered one of the most brilliant segues just to the next segment, it being the fixtures, game week 25. Start on a Saturday and ending on Wednesday night, their time, Thursday morning hours. Now, I've got a question for you, but I'm going to put a bit of a twist because I know we're all going to say doubles as the standout. So single game week-wise, what is the fixture, or it could pick two out if you like, that stands out to you the most? Yeah, Brighton, Sheffield, United. So um, okay, I benched, That was not on my bingo card. Yeah, um, I had I benched Pascal Gross's 10 points um, in game week 24. He's in my 11 for double game week 25, even though he doesn't have a double now. I was tempted maybe to move him or Cole Palmer on to someone else, but it would mean I'd either get rid of Pascal Gross with Brighton's fixtures looking fantastic in the short term or um, benching him, which just does not make sense. On paper, Sheffield United is the best best fixture on paper. So we've seen Brighton, when they get going, they can really cook. And, you know, Matoma's back. Matoma looked fantastic against Spurs the other day. Unfortunately, he just didn't get the returns. But, yeah, he's just more players coming back into action for Brighton and yeah that's that's the fixture that that that's the team probably a lot of managers are overlooking because they've been stockpiling on these double double game week yeah. players for 25 do you feel it's been such an incredible narrative that's been played out in the last couple of weeks because heading into let's go as early as game week 21 and game week 23 i know the scout and I'm not sure who believes in the scout anyways the be- the teams that had the best fixtures run newcastle for a while, and Brighton probably up until game week 28. Now this double game week build-up has completely overshadowed it. Yeah. And I also feel that some single game week players, if, if they're called blind fixtures in these instances, they can really benefit incredibly well. Do you think the same? Yeah, no, I, I do. Yeah, the doubles always skew skew everything. Yeah. and There's there's never any, any guarantee that players will play both fixtures anyway. Now, there's been so many fixtures for a lot of players, um, we, you know, especially the top clubs that European football's back. I mean, City it were is. playing playing away at Copenhagen the other day. Tuesday, now Saturday, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they're used to playing quite regularly, but, yeah, th- there is always going to be rotation, but you, you hope for your assets. They're not, but, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's a bit hard. You always you hope for the best, maybe expect a little less. I think the standout single game week fixture for me is Burnley versus Arsenal because we have seriously seen ever since the turn of the new year, Arsenal have just gone game busters with especially yeah. their goals from set pieces. Yeah, they've been remarkable. I mean, they went away to, was it Dubai for a bit of a yeah. summer break. Um, we saw Ben White working on his tan, um, the most tan man in world football. And they've come back supercharged from that trip. Scott, like back to the Arsenal that we were used to last season, where they just put teams to the sword 
Declan Rice is playing like Zinedine Zidane at the moment. He looks incredible. He's taking corners as well, which is a huge game yeah. changer. Yeah, it is a real game changer, actually. So I was not expecting that this season, especially when Erdegaard's been so prominent um, from that type of delivery. But I remember um, I think the Athletic were, were talking about Arsenal just being so clinical at set pieces and how much work they do to it. And apparently a lot of it revolves around Martin Erdegaard with sort of he drives a lot of the discussion in the team with what they're going to do a lot of the time. And it could be like the way he lifts up his sock just before they take a corner is a signal yes, and does something with his hair or, yeah, it's a yeah sort of like the baseball signals on the side. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. And I think it's a sort of game where you'd probably want to field all possible Arsenal players that you are. Yeah. Now, uninjured, of course, because some may have Jesus or Zinchenko somehow. We've also seen a big turn in form from their very own talisman, Bakaya Saka. Mm, yeah, he's, in the last three games, and he yeah. is hurting managers that just have don't own him. Yeah, I think a lot of managers out there sort of lost a bit of patience with Saka because mm. he wasn't he wasn't getting the returns that FPL managers were expecting or hoping. The the data was showing that Saka was as involved, if not more, this season than last season. Just the points were coming, but like you just said, the last few weeks that's drastically change he's the returns are coming with the performances now and it's there's a lot of people now thinking oh do i get Saka back into their side but they might be handicapped in the fact that yeah. you know maybe they need to prioritize a double game week player or a player that's got a fixture in game week 26 but i've had Saka for a long time and i wasn't at all like close to getting rid of him just you just have to watch the way arsenal play and he's just been a bit unlucky yeah, I think he's also a transfer target after this double game week potentially made to come in. Straight in back into the comments, Miriam. Good morning to you. Thank you as always for tuning mm-hmm. in to our podcast. We've got yeah, so there's a few ones that are coming. Reedy fighting talk about Chaz, you're coming for me. We'll see about that. That's all. <laughs> um <laughs> but Gary has got a good one here. Harlan has opened a chip shop. If you don't go triple captain the double game week like a fish supper, you may get battered. That is a cracker. That is great. <laughs> that is fantastic. I will admit, Brahan with front. Now, I think it's worthy to talk about forwards now. It's got Harlan Watkins and Hoyland. First, mm. I want to get your take on Hoyland as an option, but also your movements at the moment in regard to the potentially three, three strikers playing up front. Yeah, I, I feel like three strikers is you know, really viable at the moment. Like we are talking about the options that we've got, you know, Harlan, Watkins, Hoyland, Solanke's fixtures improved drastically from game week 26 onwards. And, you know, uh, like just, you know, Pedro has, has been good as well. I mean, he has been in the starting lineup for a bit, but yeah, Hoyland, I know you've been big on Hoyland in our little chat groups that we've got. You, you've been building him up for a little while and now he's starting. Me? Yeah, you were, weren't you? Oh, mate, I was just getting mixed up with a musician, Sean Millis. <laughs> oh, that's that's the dude with the gigantic head, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> since he scored on Boxing Day, and in fairness, you're yes, you're right. He is. He's got his confidence, and Quentin mentioned this in one of his podcasts from last week. He's got the service now too. Yeah, yeah, he does have the service. I mean, we shouldn't be all that surprised because, as as Q calls him, like the the Harlan from Wish, um, Hoyland. Stiff <laughs> <laughs> on him now, I, I think. Yeah, the the other Scandinavian um, meat shield. He he was getting the returns in the Champions League. 
Like he was scoring fairly regularly in European football. It just wasn't happening in the Premier League. But it seems that once he got that first goal, it's just the pressure's off his shoulders. He's he's back at it. Unique Individuals Podcast. Now, I will mention this guy's name's Jackson, and we we just recently started a head-to-head league together. He slowly got involved, and he's slowly improving in rank. Evening, fellas. Pete, now this is to you. Is captaining Yotta over Foden Harland a good option this week? I need to one-up. Well, that is... Captaining Jota is extremely high risk, but extremely high reward. Now, I, I think... Jota is probably the best of the available Liverpool assets that we have this triple game week. But like we just talked about, that League Cup final is hot on the shoulders of that Luton fixture. Mm. I I can't see, and you know, historically Jota just doesn't play 90 minutes every single week anyway. He just physically, he can't, Klopp maybe doesn't trust his body. So I'd be more wary on the minutes there. I pref- definitely prefer it with Foden or Haaland, um, especially with the City at home are just a different beast. They just put teams to oh, the yeah. sword once they get going, um, with, especially with those two. I mean, they're going to be coming up against my Chelsea, and honestly, they might absolutely smash them because, yeah, Chelsea are just shocking in defence. So mm, uh, it, it's ballsy, but I would I would definitely try and talk yourself into staying with the, the Nordic meat shield Haaland. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, he's already used his triple captain only, and I apologise, Jackson, for somewhat throwing you under the bus. He used it in game week eight because he had no idea what, what was going on in the fantasy game. He's very new to it. <laughs> triple captain's son away at Luton. Okay. Although on paper, it makes a yeah, bit of sense. Yeah, it's not bad. It is not yeah. bad. Yeah. It's, it's one of those fixtures where that magic just happens. Yeah, it can. Yeah, that's right. Spot on. Last question before we go to the transfer market and these transfers. I've got a bit to discuss on. Question for you guys. <sighs> taking a negative four to get Hoyland into my team, but with Liverpool having that double game week, do you reckon I'll take a negative eight to get a Liverpool player? This is getting quite extreme. Uh, look, I don't think so. Negative eight's a lot. So if you think about it, it is. not taking a hit heading into game week 25 is actually going to be really beneficial. There's going to be so many hits flying around. And then take into consideration game week 26. Sure, you've taken that hit to get that Liverpool player in this week. When you get to game week 26, you're down an extra player. Now, chances are if you're taking a hit to get a Liverpool player, they're probably going to be a forward or a midfielder. So are you going to carry that blank fixture in game week 26 or are you going to take use one of your free transfers or even more likely take another hit to remove that player? It, It just You have to think about it over the two game weeks. Does it work out? It probably doesn't. I agree with you. I don't think it does either. I think it's just there's it just doesn't. Yeah, there's a lot of double game week FOMO out there, and I totally get it because we're just so blinded by the double game weeks. We're just conditioned to it, especially over the last few seasons. You know, with all the COVID cancellations and like last season was every week was either a team was doubling or a team was blanking. So we're just conditioned to every week get the players in those fixtures and remove the players from those fixtures. So this week's different. We're coming up to the first big one of the season and we're getting all a little bit tied up with, you know, big, gigantic uh, dreams of grandeur, but that might not be the case. It might be worthwhile thinking more about game week 26 because I I honestly think there might be better gains in game week 26. If you can field a better 11, 
in game week 26. That might be a bit more beneficial to your rank than game week 25 because there's no rule that says you need to have X amount of players for double game week 25, but lots of managers will be taking numerous hits in game week 26 to try and get by. Right. Yeah. Well, let's go to the transfer market and see how much of an influence that has on 26. Now, I know everyone's going to, someone's going to mention the comments about the Arteta headline that we have to be in for Mbappe. This was not on my bingo card before the start of this episode, <laughs> but that is actual genuine right now on the Fantasy Premier League website. However, let's focus on the transfers out and in. I'll start off with you, of course, Pete. The transfers out, are there any that surprise you? No, not not really. Like, yeah, Trent's injured. Solanke, he's got City this game week, and oh, he's know, got probably... City next week. I mean, Newcastle. oh, sorry, yeah, that's right, Newcastle and City. So he's probably getting flipped for like a Liverpool or City asset anyway. Um, Watkins, oh, Watkins is a little bit stiff because I mean yeah. he's got Fulham, Forest, Luton, Tottenham all coming up, and he's got a fixture in game week twenty six too. So that might be a transfer that bites managers back. Alvarez is probably one of those ones that's getting flipped for Haaland. So I get yeah. that one. And Bowen, Bowen's just been frustrating the last few games. West Ham in general have been frustrating. They have um, been frustrating. Yeah. How do you think, um, you know, a lot of pressure on Moyes and West Ham. How do you think that's going to end up? See, that's strange. I actually think I can bounce back as early yeah. as this weekend. So the Bowen one surprises me. What can certainly does. Solanke, I could, it's half and half for me. I do understand why managers are doing it. But also, people may forget that he scored a brace at home to Newcastle yeah. earlier in the season. I think that plays a big part because Newcastle being very poor defensively. And Solanke just loves to scramble and just feed, get good poachers finishes as a goal yeah. scorer. I think that helps. So West Ham's fixtures, and by playing 29, which is of some help, and favourable run. Forest away, which could be the big spring board they need. Brentford at home, Everton away, Burnley at home, Aston Villa at home. I think that's not a bad run. Yeah, yeah. On he's one of those players that you you could easily hold him for that that stretch, but it might be a case where a lot of people have just been a bit frustrated um, just with the lack of returns. So I I can understand why he's sitting there because if you've got say you've got a midfield that's flush with with players. And you're looking to flip one for a double game weaker. I can see while it's probably been Bowen. Yeah, I think so too. The Ollie Watkins one is very intriguing right now. So we sh- he finally got a good ceiling score away at Sheffield United. And coming up, he's got Fulham, which I think he's he definitely got a return against he, Forest, which. They lost 2-0 at the City ground early in the season. They got Luton. So I think that's all games in which he can return, followed by Tottenham at home, then West Ham in that major blank game week. I think Team Valley would play well. If you got him just recently, I could understand it. But if you've had him since the start of the season, it could end up to be a regretful move. Yeah, and also looking ahead to that blank game week 26 when, you know, we're going to be starved of a lot of players. He's probably got one of the best fixtures on paper at home to Forest. So there's going to be a lot of managers making that Watkins out move this week and then getting to their side next week and going, oh, shivers, I think I need Watkins back in. (laughs) Straight into my favourite mini section, what we've learned during the week. Point number one, Man City 
having won 3-1 in their first leg of their Champions League last 16 game away against FC Copenhagen. Let's go to that game quickly before I get to the other points. So De Bruyne with a golden assist, Foden with a golden assist, Haaland didn't come away with anything. Does that hinder with your decision-making in terms of armband association? No, I, I watched that game the other morning and Haaland was heavily involved, which is always a good sign. Um, it, unfortunately, he just didn't put the ball in the net. But, I mean, the Copenhagen keeper was probably, you know, you would say their best player of the game. He denied Haaland so many times. Haaland was hungry to score. Unfortunately, just just didn't get the returns. But I don't think managers should read too much into scaring them off if they're still thinking of giving him the triple captaincy armband because the chances have been created. He just unfortunately just didn't convert. But, yeah, we've seen with Harlan before, he, he can bounce back and get a double easily <laughs> the next game week. In addition, the fallout for me, injuries, too, because injuries, I think mm. Bernardo's got a flag, Grealish on his out, and so Vardy, okay, that you just mentioned, which is stocks being rose, with Grealish out, is Jeremy Doku maybe a potential gem in this? Yeah, Doku's definitely an, an option. The The only thing that concerns me as a Haaland owner is that Doku and him don't link up at all they when they play. Doku's very, and it's obviously clear instructions that he's got from Pep, you know, drive, cut in, and whenever he gets near the goals, he's taking a shot. But he doesn't seem to have that link-up play that Grealish has with Haaland. But we we haven't seen, we've barely seen that link-up this season anyway. But, yeah, Doku, if there's managers out there maybe looking to get a third city option in midfield, yeah, Doku isn't a bad shout at all, at all if you can't really stretch to like KDB or Foden. Mm. Yeah, we saw what he's capable of. He's got yeah. a massive 21-point haul at home to Bournemouth back in November when he got injured all of a sudden. Yeah. But he could be a game changer. I probably wouldn't put any armband whatsoever on Doku because he's just too much of an unknown quantity. And yeah. the minute, want I also get to the Alexander-Arnold injury, and I want you from top of your head, Name some top replacements within because he's bound to be out considering it was reported during the week he's out for the cup final. Yeah. Now, if you don't have Triple City, I can see the attraction to get, you know, we talked about earlier, Nathan Ake. So, yeah, he's probably more nailed. Uh, he's got really favourable double fixture. He's great at the set pieces, which, which we talked about. If you're looking at Liverpool, now I can see the attraction of, of Connor Bradley, which which we talked about as well. And but you know, as we mentioned, whether he plays 180 minutes, we're not too sure. Like he did look good in his cameos while Trent was out recently. Yeah, um, he sadly missed, I think he missed the Chelsea game. Uh, not the Chelsea game. It was the, the game week after he missed um sadly because his father passed away. But that was probably led to Trent being rushed back into the side a little bit underdone, which is what they've admitted is the reason why he's out now. They they probably didn't give him enough time to recover from the last injury. Um, but I'd, I'd be worried that, you know, it could be Joe Gomez playing one of those fixtures yeah, he can do out that. wide. And, I mean, he's only 4.1, so it's not, it's not too bad. But it does also chew up a third Liverpool spot on your side. Um, yeah, that's, that's tricky. Yeah. Uh, so we saw um, Sergio Reguilón's name mentioned earlier. Now, Brentford, the only side to double the game week 25, 
have a fixture in game week 26 and a guaranteed fixture in game week 29. So I know on paper the double game week 25 is probably the worst you could have, you know, playing City and Liverpool. You'd probably have to field him anyways, wouldn't you? You, Yeah, you'd probably have to field him if if you got him, but... You know the the main thing with that is after after that game week twenty six you got um, you got West Ham then you got Chelsea um, Arsenal's a little bit tough but yeah yeah Burnley United Brighton but he's he's back in the Premier League with um, Brentford he didn't do much with Man United I don't think he really got much of a chance though Ten Hag didn't really it was good at Tottenham yeah yeah very good at Tottenham. Unbelievable when he was playing for Sevilla. But um, we've seen now Brentford this season have been really poor, but I think we maybe need to like put that to the side because they've only had Ivan Tony the last few weeks. We've seen Tony's back. Now that side is programmed to get the ball to Ivan Tony. And Sergio Reguillon's game is all about running down the wing, getting the crosses in. So mm-hmm. I don't see the defensive points there, but there could be attacking returns. There could be two. You're there not wrong. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not saying yes or no. It's all about a game of possibility, especially in fantasy football. We want to speak about Brentford and how they're playing those important game weeks, especially game week 26. Now, mm. I heard you also wanted to discuss about the ramifications behind double game week 25 in detail, but also what happens the week after. Because it's not usual, especially in a season where we get Many sides are du- a few sides are double, and then yeah, a few sides to blank the following week. Yeah, yeah, it's tricky. I think this is probably the start of the the start of like FPL now. This part of the season where engaged managers maybe start to climb up the ranks a little bit and start to get one over a lot of other just general FPL players out there because we're probably more inclined to think more in detail about what we're doing now. A lot of people out there that are your standard log in on the Saturday night, make my transfer, pick my captain, and I don't look at my side again until the next deadline. They're probably looking at this game again. City's got a double. Liverpool's got a double. I'm going to have three from each. I'm going to get, you know, three Luton players, and then I'll get to game week 26 and be like, oh, crap, I only have like four players for the game week. So I think a little bit of... Reservation needs to be had with managers. Now, Triple City, by all means, go for it because they're informed, they've got the fixtures, and they play in 26. Yeah. Liverpool's the, the issue now. We're heading into a double game week where Liverpool, on paper, have a great double game week, but with that League Cup fixture, there's a bit of an issue there with that 180 minutes is there. And then there's also no game, no fixture in game week 26. So it's not really worth going pushing the chips in going all in, tripling up on Liverpool when it's going to cause you a bigger headache and you're going to have to take point hits in the next week, it's it's going to cancel itself out. There's no point taking a hit this week to get a Liverpool defender that you want, only then to take that hit the following week because you're short of X amount of players in your silo. It makes redundant any point gains that you're getting at double game week 25. Yeah, it does. It's more if you go for the higher ceiling this game week. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be correlated anyway. It's so. all about balance. Basically, it's my whole big rant. It's all about trying to find the right yeah. balance. That is correct. And as you said, aim for side that actually play next week too and City really fitting in that category. Was that all in terms of 
what you wanted to discuss in detail? Is there certain players that are sort of standing out in regard to your talking point that you want to elaborate well, on? I mean, if we if we look at City, right? So if yeah. we, we all want Triple City for Double Game Week 25, I've got Triple City for, for Double Game Week 25. Um, who, who do you think would be the three best assets the to have? Best, yeah. I think one Harlan, two Kevin De Bruyne, third one. I'm going Phil Foden, but not by much now because Doku, I think, will play and Ake, I think, will get a bit of stocks coming his way. Yeah. What about yeah. you? Yeah, I think I think it's more the attacking end of the field. So, yeah, Haaland, 100%. KDB, Foden. So, Foden, part of that double is they're playing Brentford. Now we saw Foden score a hat-trick against Brentford only two weeks ago. And Foden, since Christmas, has just been probably City's best player. Um, I don't think that's too much of a stretch stretch to say. He was amazing against Copenhagen the other day. Just His vision of link-up is just next level at the moment. And now that KDB's back too, there's someone else to bounce off with him. So he knows he can make the perfect pass because the perfect player is going to be at the end of that. So I, I, I'm more attracted to, if you're going for it, triple city attack. Um I heard the other day in the Copenhagen game when they conceded that goal to Copenhagen that it was the 13th time this season for Man City that they had actually conceded from the first shot at goal, which right, is concerning. That is, yeah. Yeah, and it's something we've probably come accustomed to watching Man City over the last probably two seasons. They just they'll cruise for like 70 minutes and then concede just a, a needless goal and put pressure on themselves. but. Most of the time they win, but from an FPL perspective, it's frustrating because if you're investing in that city defense and they're just losing clean sheets at will, it's it, there's no there's no real you know incentive to invest there. Want to go to Liverpool very quickly? Would you say this is the same case for them, or probably best to go with two players instead, considering they've blank next week? Yeah, I mean. It, it, at the end of the day, it's all team dependent and chip dependent. Now there could be managers out there free hitting game with twenty six. So by all means, knock yourselves out, triple up on Liverpool for twenty five yeah. because that 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 could be a play there. But it might be more beneficial to keep those chips later in the I in the think season so too. Because I'd be very intrigued to see those that are going for free hit twenty six. So they're going to load up and double game with twenty five. Fair enough. I mean they free yeah. hit to sort of maximise the following week, which is fair. It's just more how are you going to navigate through twenty nine. Yeah. And there's also double game week 34, which we won't talk a lot now because it's only up to 25. But that's going to have some teams blank, but also some sides to double. Mm, yeah. So I, really I, funny I, one. Yeah. I think that chip might be a bit more beneficial down the track, considering you can get by 26 with a, a decent side anyway. Like if yeah. you, you've got Triple City for 25 and you're free hitting in 26, well, if you're free hitting in 26, you want Triple City anyway. So it sort of loses that that bit of um luster there. But yeah, I think the city decision because Mo we've seen Mo Salah, he's back in training. Yeah, let's now. talk about him actually quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're we're very close to Mo breaking FPL again, where all we need is to see him play and all these plans that we've all come up with over the last few game weeks, how we're managing, are probably gonna get torn up because it just takes him to score a goal and we're all gonna our brains are going to melt. How do we get Mo back into our sides? And, you know, maybe that option is dropping KDB the next game week, like in 27 maybe, but yeah, it's yeah. 
It's funny stuff. And I, put, I did put it over to you not long ago this evening. So De Bruyne transfers in 105k. De Bruyne transfers out despite playing two games, 103k. And we're still not sure if Salah is starting. All he's done is just gone gym, put foot on grass, and that's it. Yeah, taking taking some photos outside the training ground. Uh, he's, <laughs> his fingers up. <laughs> yeah, geez. there's some people that are good spies. I will admit, yeah, Salah, do you see him starting one of them? Yeah. Look, it's not out of the equation that he starts one of them, but I can't see him starting and playing both of them. Now, yeah, that's, that, that's the issue there, and... Then no game week twenty six makes it makes it a bit hard to do. So yeah, it's it's hard. And then they've got City in um, game week twenty eight too. So yeah, I mean, there's a blank. Like- there's probably the toughest fixture on paper. I mean, in between that, there's a, a fixture against Forest, which is which would be great too. But that is yeah. a good fixture for Liverpool. I did look at that. Yeah, overall bigger picture. It's it's probably not worth the risk yet. Luton assets. Who do we get in for that? Because we talked about it earlier on Alfie Doughty. Is there anyone else from that side that you somewhat considering, despite maybe already lo- semi-locking your side in? Is there anyone that managers should consider from the Luton side outside of Doughty? Okay, so there's going to be managers looking to free up funds in their side, and we talked about playing three up front, playing like a 3-4-3. Three, three. Now, Adebayo for Luton has been very impressive for, for them this season, and he doesn't cost a lot of money. You know he's going to play. Um, also, Carlton Morris is, has been like sneakily that, yeah. good. He's he sort of changed the way he's he's been playing this season. So he's he's playing a little bit, little bit deeper. He's not playing as like the traditional centre forward that he was last season in the in the championship. But he's still just as important to that side. He's still on the penalties, which he's very good at as well. So they're really cheap. They're forward options in FPL. And so that might enable that might be what enables you to get like a player like K, KDB in this season as well, or this game week, I should say. Ross Barkley, any temptation on him? Ross the boss. Look, as a Chelsea Chelsea fan, I'm a little bit scarred still from Ross Barkley's uh, tenure when he was at Stanford Bridge, but we we have a soft spot for Ross. Uh, look, he's been good, but he's not super damaging. I think at most you might get an assist or a goal and that's probably his ceiling then compare him to a player like you know Foden Cole Palmer like their ceilings are quite high you're talking about multiple attacking returns in a game whereas Ross Barkley maybe his ceiling is just one Mm. there's that too better goalkeeper time for the double game week out of Flecken and Kaminsky yeah look I think maybe the Flecken might be better in the long term, but we know Luton might possibly also have a, a double coming up later they down do. the track Double's too. Game week 28. Yeah, possibly double game week 28 for them. So it, I suppose if you're going to make the move for a keeper, you get him in for this game week, even though it's a shock and double, he might still pick up some save points. All it yeah. takes is for he Luton just to... Yeah, that's Spencer. right. He did get the assist. Now, it just takes one jammy clean sheet. And he could absolutely rock it in the bonus points and save points as well, and it ends up being a masterstroke. But, yeah, it, it's, it's a cheap option there. But, I mean, it's a move I made for a hit last game week, so I can't talk managers out of getting him in when he's sitting in my side. Let's talk chips, I think. Triple captain, is it the probably the most 
not most, but is it the best possible time to play? Is there a better matchup somewhere down the track or is now the right time? Chips is always funny, right? Because, like, first of all, it's team dependent, but obviously you have to look at the whole game in general. Now, we're heading into a double game week where we know City has a double. Harland is back. He's playing. He's in form. And City are absolutely cooking at the moment now. Two home games. And they're two home games. So it, sometimes it's just you have to take the best possible chance you have. Now, this is probably the best possible chance we're going to have of Harlem playing a double. Now, that's not to say they won't have another one they will. further down the season, which they, they most will. likely will because they'll yeah. reach FA Cup quarterfinals. They Brighton, yeah. So just on that, so I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Game week 34, so if I, that Brighton game goes in, they'll have Fulham away and Brighton away. No, sorry, that's game week 37. Game week 34, it would be Spurs away, Brighton away. So if yeah. you think of those potential doubles and then you have this one, it looks yeah. good. Yeah, and, and and also looking at the bigger picture here that, yeah, they, they've already played their European fixture during the week, so they're coming into this with a clear slate. So I think it is the best option for triple captaincy. Now, we caught up at the pub a few weeks ago. I was pretty determined that heading into double game week 25, I was going to be bench boosting because at the, at the time I was looking at my benching headaches I was looking yeah. at who I had, and now between then and now, I've sort of lost a few players with injuries, and bench boost isn't that effective for me because I'd have to take a minus four, minus eight just to make that work. So that's off the table. So triple captaincy. I mean, Harlan's EO is going to be over two hundred percent anyway. So yeah. just captaining him isn't even going to be enough this game week. So indeed, there's another good contender for triple captain. Dominic Solanke in game 28 at home to Sheffield United and Luton. That sounds yeah. all right. It's just more that, a consistency for him. Yeah, it's because Bournemouth's, like, Bournemouth's returns have just dropped off slightly the last few game weeks. Like, that was so impressive, but that's just seemed to have slowed down a little bit. I don't know if it's teams working out the way um, Rayola's got his Bournemouth team playing. And, yeah, Solanke's a great option, but you sort of – need a lot of things to go right by the time you get to that game week. Now, if I was backing in Haaland in a double over Dominic Solanke, we've seen Haaland can score goals against anyone. So I'm I'm more – I'd lean more towards Haaland. The, the option's right here and now, so take it because you might get to that double Bournemouth fixture and Solanke could be injured, could be suspended for one of the fixtures, and then suddenly you, you're thinking, when do I use this chip? 18 hours ago, 563,000 managers have already activated the triple captainship for this game. Mm. Did have you, you see that rise? It? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could you see that rise to a million come a deadline? Yeah, I think so. Because I, I think there's there's so many managers out there that'll just be logging in tomorrow um, pre-deadline and, and doing their side. And yeah, probably. I mean, it, it doesn't help that scout and fpl like they sort of feed a lot of the information to a lot of just managers out there that aren't really engaged they they almost basically tell you what to do every week so they're going to be seeing this yeah. information when they log in on their app that oh everyone in the game's triple captaining harlan i'll just do that too this game we can click 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 and then don't think about it whereas guys like you and me and many other engaged managers out there have probably been thinking in detail about all these moves and chips for so long mm. 
before we go to our usual plug of our sponsor in Bonus Bank, along with previewing our sides, there was a question, I think, on, so triple captaining KDB. Is there a good case for putting a triple captaincy on an alternative? Yeah, definitely. Like, I would definitely lean towards triple captaining a city player. Like, my only concern with KDB is the minutes. Now he played yeah. he played 90 against Copenhagen the other day. Yeah. Um can you see him playing 180 minutes over the next two games? It's not one a little bit risky. 120 yeah. but when De Bruyne's on the field, it certainly helps Haaland. If it's just Doku, Foden helps him. Foden helps Haaland. But if it's Jeremy Doku and then you get your Rodriguez and then whoever plays central midfield, you're a bit ick when you're watching that game and you want a big return as a triple captain manager. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a little bit. I mean, yeah, high risk, high reward by all means. Yeah. Uh, we saw last season like Harlan can do anything on his day, and he's he came off the bench in that Newcastle game, got the goal and assist and bonus, like in just what a twenty minute cameo. So we know what he's capable of. But whether you're willing to go against the Nordic Meatshield, because you might have that combination and like KDB might get a return or two, but if Haaland's getting even more returns than that, it's going to absolutely destroy your rank. Yeah, indeed. Go off to Bonus Bank very quickly, which is our sponsor. It's a fantastic free tool to help FPL managers edge against their rivals in their mini leagues on a weekly basis. This tool displays the probabilities of clean sheets to each team and which player is likely to score. This is useful in determining the best defensive picks and consider assets likely to score this game week. Fortunately, sorry, so we don't actually have a stats this week. However, please do feel free to check them out. A great probability tool in helping managers out there. Now it's proper time to look at our team's Pete. Double game week 25, very curious to know how many doubles you've got. So whenever you're ready, feel free to just put it up in the waiting room and then I'll load it up. But okay. Pete, while you're trying to do that, I want to discuss what your roadmap is for game week 29 as well. Okay, well, why I try and work out how to actually get my side um, <laughs> to the live stream, um, just conveniently my... Um, Keypad here has died, which is which is very handy while we do a live YouTube stream. But um, currently, yeah, currently my side, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six doublers at the moment. So, um, yeah, that includes I've got at the moment I've got Kaminsky in goals. Um, Kaminsky, okay. Yeah, I've got Doughty as well in defence, which. <laughs> I don't really like having double loose in defense, even though they've got the doubles. That, that's not really that appealing. Um, then my midfielding, I've got Foden with the double. I've got De Bruyne, and then I've got the triple captaincy on Haaland. And I also, I've had Darwin for most yeah. of this season, so he stays in my side. I mean, I'd love to have Jota, but it's just going to give me more headaches when I get I to double so. game week 26. So I'm, I'm probably going to be be just rocking the one Liverpool asset in 26. Mm. Yeah, it's intriguing. What about single game week players you've got in your side as well? Yeah, single game weeks. Like like you mentioned, you mentioned before, the Arsenal-Burnley fixture is one 
a lot of people are going to overlook. So Gabriel and Saka in my side, who, you know, are in yeah. a lot of sides as well. Uh, I'm really excited to have them. Um, I talked before about Pascal Gross. So he's in my side this week. I'll be benching Cold Palmer. And, yeah, Watkins against Fulham. Like, on paper, that's a great fixture for Aston Villa. Yeah. So, great. Bench side, did you mention your bench? Yeah, bench. I've got, yeah, Cole Palmer. Um, I've got Lamptey from yeah. uh, from Brighton Lamptey sitting from Brighton, second. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's sitting second on my on my bench. Um, and Dubravka against Bournemouth at home. Okay. Yeah, right. You got the TC on. And for me, I probably look like to be rolling in this instance. And, yeah, six similar to you. Ariola Dubravka won. That's probably a conundrum I'm still trying to sort out, along with Poro Garnacho, who stays on field. But for now, it's Virgil van Dijk, who I think is a shoe-in in terms of the more assured Liverpool starter in defence at the moment, along with Doughty. It was Garnacho in the field early in the week, but now we're seeing how dominant Arsenal are from an aerial point of view, especially from set pieces. Gabriel comes on field. Yeah. Foden Jota. I put the TC Vice on De Bruyne, being te- somewhat tempted because it doesn't really matter how many minutes he gets. He's just very reliable to still return, nonetheless. Solanke, I like that Newcastle fixture away from home. Watkins, similar to you. And then Haaland with the chip. There, I am thinking of rolling or just go to this on one free transfer, 1.9 in the bank. Would you make a move? Or anyone that's still tuning in, and thank you very much if you're doing so, would you make a move with this side or the best of all? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting in a similar situation where I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do with my free transfer. And, like, is it actually just bonkers to be rolling a transfer heading into double game week 25? But that might be more beneficial to have two transfers in, double, in um, sorry, blank game week 26. Yeah. Um, now, looking at your side there, like you could argue that maybe you could flip Solanke to um, a doubler like in Ivan Tony because Brentford's fixtures look pretty good. Um, yes, more. more so for Tony. Like Tony's fix, Tony's just, he yeah. seems almost fixture proof. He can score because he's got the penalties as well. He can score, score most games. I mean, you've got Triple City attack, which is, which is great. You've got Diogo Jota, which I personally, I believe is the best. Liverpool option to have. Yeah. yeah, and you just end probably end up giving yourself some benching headaches now. Yeah, I think so with a Solanke Tony move here. It's a fair shout because I think Tony has a better fixture in 26, but once 27 comes around, that's where I want to go back to Solanke. Yeah. And I just feel it could be a wasted transfer if you're going hokey-cokey between mm. them because you want to save those in terms of whether you want to use the roadmap to free hit or just play the best possible fixtures and then worry about 29 as it comes and just play the chip. Yeah, so, yeah, t- t- totally agree there, like, regarding Solanke with those fixtures. Yeah, yeah. like Similar to you, I think that's a lot more important. Yeah, I've been, I've been looking at, once we get into 26, like, flipping Darwin Nunez yeah. back to getting Solanke back into my side. Because, um, yeah, that those fixtures just open right up for Bournemouth. And the, also with that, potential double in 28 as well. So you'd, you'd want him back in, like you said, for then anyway. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Villa's fixtures still look great. So you want to keep Watkins in that side. So, yeah, yeah you, you, I feel like you've got a really good good mix there because you've got double Liverpool. So 
maybe saving the transfer this game week might be more beneficial next game week. Yeah, that's really taking hits. Yeah, I've actually got something that is on your screen now. You've got a bit of FPL My Team. Now, if you guys haven't checked this website out, please do. We don't mind some planning transfers. So, Pete, take it away in terms of your side for next week. And I like expected points too. I'm on about 106.3 my current side, but all yours. Yeah, yeah, as I talked through before, so yeah, I've got like six six doublers there. So the double Luton defense, it's not exactly super exciting, but you gotta play the play the fixtures and yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. yeah. And uh, Pedro in, with this side, the only concern is Pedro Porro. Now I need I'm to the same too, because he wasn't in training yesterday. Yeah, so we, we're hearing reports about him not possibly being in training now. Hopefully Ange gives us a little bit more detail. He's usually a bit frank with, with that sort of stuff. But, mm. yeah, and with if he's not playing this week and then he doesn't have a fixture in 26, it's it's sell territory. I, I'd almost rather get in someone like Sergio Reguilon because I know he's got a double and then he's got – it's not a problem for game week 26 yeah. and 29. Like, I've got those fixtures covered. So, um, yeah, that that that's an issue there. Yeah, Pascal Gracie's 100% playing this week. Yeah. Saka's 100% playing, Watkins playing, and then the doublers all speak for themselves. And, yeah, triple captaincy on on the meat shield. 26, I want to have a look at yours. What's it like for the next game week? We'll just go through very quickly. Yeah, so 26, a a few blanks there. Um, Now, I can easily... Yeah, you go there, man. Lamptey would just go on for... Get the two defenders subbed in. It's not bad. You're playing with 10 before making a move. Yeah, playing with 10 before making a move now, Charlie Taylor is most likely going to be leaving my side now. He might be back, but he's I don't really yeah. trust. I don't trust Burnley at all, so I'd rather, you know, flip that to, to someone more. You're not more. keeping him for potential blank game with 29. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't I don't really like Burnley. What, what, at most, what, they might get one point, maybe two? Yeah, but the streets will be there. You have to understand that. <laughs> like managers will be celebrating every point that comes our way. True, true. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Okay, sure. Now I understand where you're getting at. However, Saka in our home to Newcastle is a great pick as well. Yes, I mean, Ch- has on. good fixtures, except the yeah. Bradka. Yeah, except for, <laughs> except for the Yeah, I'd, I'd most likely be flipping. Um, yeah, Darwin to Solanke for the long term because it's a good option there. And then yeah, yeah. it's just deciding. You know who I get in for that other that second transfer and, and get eleven players out. I presume. I know you're considering getting rid of Taylor. If you consider getting rid of Poro, I presume Palmer stays. Is it due to team value purposes? Yeah, keeping keeping Cole Palmer. I, you know, he's just more from a, a personal perspective. Being a Chelsea fan, I, you know, I always find it a bit more enjoyable when I watch. Chelsea yeah. play and they and they win, which doesn't happen a lot. But when Cole Palmer's on the the end of the points, like, it just makes it, it. It's all about what you get out of FPL, and that's what I get out of it. I, I find it more enjoyable when I've got some skin in the game from the perspective from that perspective. But yeah, he he'll be he'll be staying staying in the squad for the the short term anyway. But yeah, it's just that defense is is worrying for twenty six because I don't like relying on Lamptey. History says that he's not the most reliable of assets to hold. No. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Poro. Poro could be one I flip. Yeah. Mm. Right. Poro. Yeah. Also, that is... cash. Yeah, it gives you more cash, which does help. Mm. 
It's a lot to think about, isn't it, Pete? There is a lot to think about. That might Usually be a Peter problem. <laughs> yeah. I've got a couple of comments. Um, actually, just quickly on Alric. Bench, Watkins, or Gordon this week? Oh, my God. Um, Jeez. Probably, probably Gordon because of how expensive Ollie Watkins is. Yeah, Watkins is expensive. Newcastle at home to, to Bournemouth, though. Bournemouth like is so good at home. Yeah, Gordon is just great at home. And he. we've seen this season that it takes a lot for him to miss a game. Now, he might be... How light. Yeah, he, he, how always lies. So you know Gordon is starting unless he's actually on a hospital bed. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're both great fixtures. Um, yeah, Watkins, Watkins is playing Fulham. Look, at the end of the day, if it comes down to a decision, maybe go with the midfielder because they get more points for the goals, possible point for the clean sheet, and probably more involved from a bonus point perspective. Plus, like you said, Gordon at home this season, he just he just bangs all the time. He does. Yeah. No, I'll give my vote to Gordon. <laughs> Benji, yeah, Gordon. And look, you're spot on, Brady. He is an FPL legend. <laughs> streets won't forget. It's a good point from Carl. Just as he, this comment popped up, no Wilson or Isaac because Wilson's out for nine to twelve weeks with another yeah. injury. Yeah, which means Gordon's Does playing that a help bit more. Gordon as an as a fantasy asset being centre forward instead of on the wing. I don't necessarily think so because we've seen that earlier on in the season when Isaac and Wilson, who would just seem to be injured all that those guys it's like they take turns in being injured and then a few weeks they'll just be like hey let's let's both be injured together so we can hang out in the in the physio room and just watch videos oh. <laughs> those guys are just so injury prone um yeah we, we saw gordon play up front and he wasn't as involved but against bournemouth there's going to be opportunities there there will be yeah it's bound to be indeed mm. right I reckon that would do it for Game Week because Game Week 25 has a lot about Game Week 26. I think good Game Weeks thereafter, it's sort of a different phase as we head into a big yeah. crossroad for playing Game Week 29, which will have huge ramifications on due course. Pete, as always, thanks so much for the planning of that team. Now, the those that do decide to just hang about for not sure if it would be the greatest segment of all time, I'll just go out there, be informative as possible. But it is Captain's Corner, and it is headlined by a lot of players who are playing two games this week. Start off, of course, Erling Haaland, who will be heavily favoured. More so with a triple captaincy chip, too. And that number from 563k is only going to go up up until the deadline. Most transit in play at the moment, rightly so. Scored a brace at home to Everton last week, so it shows he's got his goal-scoring form back. He got 16 points away at Chelsea this season too. And then as well, back-to-back home games, also playing Brentford midweek. Kevin De Bruyne, he got a goal and an assist midweek, as we mentioned, against Copenhagen. Came on as a substitute and assist and assisted Haaland's second goal on the weekend. Since his return from injury, he's managed to get two goals and six assists from his seven games across all competitions. However, when he does face Chelsea, it's not the most ideal opponent. He's only managed to score five goals along with an assist in his 13 appearances. And as Pete mentioned earlier, he's a minute risk. The exciting shout, you could say, in some forms of aspects, Phil Foden in the middle. 
got a hat trick against Brentford. He's had two goals in his last. No, that's another stat. He's had the most points of any player in the last six game weeks with 51. Six game week 17, he's played full 90 minutes in six of Manchester City's last seven league games, which is really good to see in terms of his prospects on his ceiling for the coming double. Diego Yotta, the slotter, I love saying his name. I seriously do. Since game week 19, he is ranked second, only behind Phil Foden, having amassed 49 points since then, averaging eight points per game and one blank in that time. This has come with consists of five goals and three assists. Luton have conceded 45 goals, so third most in the league, and 26 of them coming on their road trips, which is also the third worst in the league. Maybe a minute risk with potentially Mo Salah featuring, which could also be in the second game. However, we've seen from time and time again, he's very clinical. That's why he's known as Yota the Slaughter as he runs on the pitch. And for the Egyptian, he'll be running down the wing. That is it for Captain's Corner. Yeah, you could say mildly amusing, but those are the four main options. But Kari Saka is also a worthy shout away at Burnley. But if you want to go rogue, if you're sitting outside the million and want to finish inside the top million, go rogue. You've got absolutely nothing to lose until Haaland may bag a hatful of goals. Who knows? That will do it for tonight's episode. But before we go, Pete, is there anything that you'd like to plug? Because I have noticed that you do a podcast of your own. Yeah, I'll give um, our show a shout. So for those uh, listening and watching tonight, uh, we have a show called FPL Signet. So it's myself, my co-host, Andrew. Um, we just have a fun look at the world of FPL every week. We go through our teams. We talk about the big topics of, of the week, and we do sort of a, a detailed preview of the game week. We have our um, differential of the week, and we go through our mini leagues, and you know, all the, all the standard stuff, but we try and wedge in as many um, you know, TV movie references that we can into the episode. Great, every week. I will admit. Yeah, we, 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 we have a lot of fun with it. So a lot of dad jokes too. Yeah. So audience, if you want to check out another slice of content and movie titles, let's say the least, I might have a captain see as my niche. He's got movie references as his niche. Pete, <laughs> Pete, that would do for tonight. And thank you for plugging in your podcast because those community-based podcasts are incredibly important for the fantasy landscape thanks once again for appearing on our pod it was an absolute pleasure to chat fantasy football with you no dramas Chaz, thanks again for having me on love the addicts show um long time long time listener long time viewer so um you're always great to to be in your presence your aura that's all right and <laughs> to the audience we'll be back for blank gaming 26 this time come next week and go over what will be a mammoth double and to all of you managers out there May your arrows be green. All the best this weekend.